0: to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today we have a very special guest, she her name is Stephanie Banks. You know, I love interviewing intuitives and channels and I mean there's a theme a lot of the time on this podcast. But today Stephanie's different. When I started learning about her, her way of channeling or her intuitive gifts are a whole different way of channeling. She can channel and I don't know what read people's higher selves from even a living standpoint. So for an example, I've already had a session with her after we had this interview. I, she offered a session, which was absolutely amazing. And I learned through that episode that, I mean, she channeled my mom's higher self who is still living. She channeled my higher self. I asked her about my future and, and my higher self spoke through her and my daughter's higher selves and what they need. And it was so cool because I, you know, I think little things about the girls, for example, that, you know, I've always wondered, Presley does certain things. They're, they're both pretty opposite girls, but still very, very similar as sisters. But when I asked her certain things and to hear her channel each of them, Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I could bring tears to my eyes when I was just thinking about it. But yeah, Stephanie is so gosh, I don't, I don't know the word authentic, real. She's studied with the most amazing teachers and mentors. But when you have a session with her, when you listen to this episode, you'll see what I mean because she um, is really just channeling the energy from your higher self or from whoever you want. I mean, I could have asked to have her channel my dad, but if most of you who follow this podcast, Christy Burkhead had done that a couple weeks ago, and I felt content there. And we had a 30-minute session, so I wanted to try to go in a different area. But yeah, she can channel people that have passed on, their higher selves. But anyway, I think after this interview, in real time, when I went to the, went and had the, the reading with her, it really changed my perspective even more. So now when I go back and listen to this episode, I have a whole different perspective. But let me tell you a little bit about Stephanie before I bring her on. Stephanie Banks is a highly sought after intuitive channel, mentor and guide who helps people connect on the soul level. She channels from the perspective of any soul currently on the planet. Souls on the other side, purely non-physical beings such as spirit guides as well as trees, animals, and Gaia. Connection and communication are the common themes in all of Stephanie's professional endeavors. As a speech-language pathologist, birth doula, lactation consultant, infant massage instructor, and intuitive channel, when her mother's dementia made her verbal communication impossible, Stephanie found ways to communicate with her mother's soul. This was the beginning of her channeling journey. She is the author of the bestseller, Joining Joni, Staying Connected to Your Loved One Through Dementia and Beyond. Stephanie is currently completing her second book about her spiritual journey. In her TEDx talk, I am an intuitive channel, she shares her unexpected experience with channeling and invites others to discover their own intuitive gifts. Just a little excerpt of her bio, but I know you're going to love this episode and Before I bring her on, I've had so many people reaching out to me about my classes and if I have wait lists. And I just want you all to know that I have now my courses online. It's still one-on-one with me, but it can start anytime. So it's ongoing. Just connect with me, ashleygonner at gmail.com. DM me, but it's all ongoing. So it's very exciting. I'm reaching so many uh, amazing teenagers right now and parents and it gets me excited to see just a little shift in this world when i start working with these teenagers and teaching them these mindset tools and you know a lot of parents out there you know aren't aware of these tools so when i start to teach them 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 these tools it's like the light bulb goes off and they see why it's so important and crucial before these kids leave for college or whatever they are going to experience and, and accomplish in their future. So please connect with me. I would just love to hear from you. So without further ado, let's bring on this beautiful soul, Stephanie Banks. Welcome, Stephanie. Thank you, Ashley. I'm so happy to be here with you. Oh, it's been so fun to learn about you and hear your journey. And what came to me when I was listening to your story and watching your Ted talk was, and I know you believe this too, cause I, I, I do know you believe it or not, <laughs> is that what your mom did. I know if so, I want you to go into the story, but I look at life that in any kind of hard thing or, you know, a sickness or a death of a family, a mother or what it is, is gosh, or even an abuser or a murderer, or or that person chose that role to Mm -hmm. come into your life, to take you on, to push you to this place that you're meant to be. And to look back at that person and go, wow, she did that for me. So I see your mom, Joni, I see your mom as, this is how I see you're in heaven. And she's like, okay, I'm going to be young, I'm going to be in my 50s, I'm going to have dementia, and this is going to force you to get your gifts of channeling and your intuition and soul, the things that you do that I cannot wait to share with everybody, but how you communicated with her soul while she was alive. But I really, that's just what came to me when I heard that story. Does that resonate with you or do you feel that? I love that you said that. It's a beautiful way to
1: explain one of the many possibilities of our soul agreements, right? And relationships. And yeah, it absolutely resonates. As you describe it, I can picture my mom and I, prior to taking birth in this lifetime, working things out on the soul spirit level and saying, all right, you play the mother, I'll play the daughter. We're going to have all sorts of adventures. We're going to struggle through different things. I'm going to have a progressive neurological you know disease and you're going to support me through that and it's going to reveal your your intuitive gifts yes everything that you said I can totally see it feels right so we'll go with that we get to
0: decide right <laughs> but so let's go there I want you to share that story of how she opened up your magic
1: yeah yeah Well, to explain to your listeners a little bit more fully, my mother had a very specific type of dementia. It was not Alzheimer's. We think of Alzheimer's as what affects elderly, but my mother's dementia affects younger people often. And so when she was in her fifties, she started to experience memory loss, mood changes, behavioral changes, all sorts of these symptoms. And it ended up being frontotemporal dementia. And at the time, We didn't have the easiest relationship. You know, mother-daughter relationships are oftentimes complex, and ours was no different. So I was already looking for ways to connect with her more deeply, and dementia made it so challenging, so difficult, and sometimes just impossible. So I had a best friend at the time who was a very gifted channel, and she channeled my mother, meaning that... She connected to my mom's soul and asked the questions that I had such as what can I do to support you right now how can I nourish our relationship how can we use what we have what's still working what's still intact to further our our time together and and make positive memories and my friend would channel my mother's soul and she would give me the directions, the answers, the support, the insights that I was desperate for. And that way, I was able to maintain that connection to my mom. Then fast forward through her, the rest of her life, through her passing I found ways, I have ways where I still stay connected to my mom. She sends me, our our signal is a bright red cardinal. She talks to me all the time. She laughs at the things that are hilarious. She's watching over her grandchildren. It's a beautiful connection and relationship. And it would not have been possible if I hadn't tapped into the soul of our existence together.
0: Right. And That is different to me because I haven't heard that before as far as, you know, a channel or a medium tapping into, like, you can tap into my soul. You can tap into my children's soul. You can tap into my dog's soul. You can tap into the tree's soul, the plants. Like, that is just, I haven't heard that. So when I am looking at all the things and your gifts that you've opened up that we all have but we're choosing. And that's where part of you and why I think you're amazing to teach that. Mm-hmm. But when you think of how, you know, the communication, I, I want you to explain that. So when you're communicating, when your mom has dementia, I heard the cute story when you asked her in the car, she said, why do people keep calling you my daughter? And you said, what? To explain, to, so let's go to explaining that relationship when finally you're like, what are you doing to tapping into her soul? What you're, your friend had shared with you?
1: Yes. Well, so that moment in the car is really poignant and pivotal. And it was for our whole relationship because I knew that moment would come where my mom would not recognize me as our mother-daughter labels. And that's a very dreaded anticipation. Of course, it's, it's a huge loss and it can feel decimating. But what ended up happening was when she asked me, why are people you know, referring to you as my daughter, instead of defending or illuminating the fact that I was her daughter, I asked her, what What does our relationship feel like to you? And that's a very right brain response. That's a right hemisphere response that's using intuition, creativity, inclusivity, all the gifts that the right hemisphere offers to us, rather than the logical approach, which the left hemisphere is really good at. So, in asking her that, I was able to tap into what is true for her about us. And what she ended up sharing was that she thought of me as her best friend.
0: Mm,
1: well, I'll take it because that in many ways, that's a promotion, right? right. <laughs> Especially with mother-daughter conflict. So it was this gorgeous loss and gain both at the same time. And with regards to how I communicated with her on the soul level, what what we can do, and when I say we, I do mean all of us. If you want to learn to channel, you can. There is nothing special or unique about me that makes me better able to do this than anyone else, other than the fact that I was hungry to learn it. I was willing to devote myself to it and put in the thousands of hours of practice, so you don't have to do thousands of hours. I recommend that if you're going to do this professionally, but if you want to be able to connect to your loved ones who are here on the planet with you or those on the other side, you can learn techniques to get out of your own way, to enhance your connection to your right hemisphere and your intuition, to be able to to see the images and the expansiveness of what's possible with. Practice And it's got to be practiced because we live in a society and a culture that really values the left hemisphere, logic, analytical thinking, critical thinking, and all of that type of logical approach will completely talk you out of connecting intuitively.
0: Right. That's what you, you kind of talk about ego. Like ego is important. It's there for a reason. But yeah, the practice of it, of what you say to go to the right brain. Yeah, and the heart math. Heart oh, yeah, and how you studied that. So, anyway, I could go on to the next thing, but I want you to go to where what you did learn from your mom's higher self when you learned that she was sicker than you thought, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: she through my friend who channeled her, she would share things with me. My my mother's soul would share things through my friend that were examples of what she needed. For example, that. Instead of questioning her, which is very common to do or reorienting her to what's true or what's real to just join her, just meet her where she's at and, and go along, like join her, keep, keep on the journey with her without pushing her out of where she is. That was one of the communications that I, that helped me to, to, carve that path with her to link arms with her on that journey. Instead, what what a lot of people end up doing is the person who has dementia says, I'm cold and it's 95 degrees outside and they'll tell them, no, it's hot out here. And then you enter into some kind of an argument that has absolutely no purpose and no reason. And both people end up feeling disconnected. When I knew that my mom had the rest of the time she had left in her body was going to be with dementia it really helped me to order things in terms of importance and the highest priority was for us to have a an enjoyable connected relationship with each other so i i realigned my natural maybe inclination to come at this logically and reoriented myself to using intuition and connecting through the heart i believe the heart is arguably our most intelligent organ. I know our culture would say it's the brain, but I really have done a lot of research on the heart and it's enormously intelligent and enormously intuitive and the electrical field that it carries is huge. So we can connect to the heart. That's where a lot of channeling takes place, I believe, for me anyways. So we can have all this, this nourishing, beautiful conversation and exchange that transcends what we are able to do in the third dimensional left brain approach
0: so she when you say connect to your heart like if you were going to say how you would connect to her heart how would that look
1: different ways at different times sometimes it was as simple as me not responding when things were escalating and breathing through my heart. Now I know the heart doesn't breathe as the lungs do, but we actually can imagine ourselves just having inhale and exhale through the heart space and imagining that my heart and its intelligence is connecting to hers and just listening for what wants to surface, what wants to present to me. There's imagination within this practice as well. So we really do need to free ourselves to feel and sense what else is there instead of just what we are seeing with our eyes. So it's a whole approach to it. But if you listen, if you let your heart connect, I promise you, you will get something. You might doubt it. That would be natural. Most people do doubt it. But if you just allow for it, there's so many beautiful things that want to come through.
0: Right. So with your mom, when she told you or her soul, your friend communicated to you that she needed hospice. And then all of a sudden, everywhere you went, you saw trucks with hospice. Explain how that happened
1: or what happened. Yes. (sighs) That was a point in her life where life was really, really hard. And she was anxious 24 seven pacing constantly. She couldn't sleep. She couldn't rest. She couldn't sit down. And it was a very frantic, upsetting part of her, of her journey to witness it, you know, from my perspective. And I, I can only imagine what that was like for her. And I started questioning, what do you need? How can I support you? What will help you calm, find peace right now? And I don't recall if it was a direct, you know, communication from her heart, but what ended up happening through my line of questioning is just what you described. I started seeing hospice trucks on the, like that deliver supplies for hospice patients on the road randomly, never saw them before. All of a sudden now my attention is on there. Um, A friend called me out of the blue and said, Hey, I just got my dad into hospice and wow, what a wonderful facility and experience this is. That was unexpected. Signs, you know, people call them signs. And if we're alert and we're paying attention, then we can use those signs. So I started to wonder, are you ready for this? Because on the outside, my mom was very healthy. She was strong. She would wrestle a nurse to the ground who was trying to take a blood draw from
0: her.
1: <laughs> so there was <laughs> no reason to think that huh. she she wasn't your typical hospice patient. But I followed the what I interpreted to be the signs. I called hospice. I described to the person on the phone what was going on. They said, let's evaluate her. They came out to my house, saw what was going on and admitted her later that afternoon just to help her get settled, help her with medications to give her some rest and some peace and what a beautiful thing that was because she got the proper medications and she was able to come home and she was able to pass in the comfort of her home, mm-hmm. which didn't look like it was going to be a possibility at certain points in time, given her her struggles and her behaviors.
0: Wow. So now her gift of her passing, I look at when we look at it the way we do and that she did her time and gave her gift to you and birthed you where's your journey go from now so now you're very much interested in channeling you study I know Sonia Choquette like I love her too and I know that she was one of your big mentors so what are you doing now you're just trying to figure out you see the magic in it you start to see like it opening up for you and so now you're like I'm going all in I'm going to be the straight A student The friend
1: who channeled my mother for me, she and I started having uh, gathering women with a sacred purpose, a sacred center. She would channel the messages for all the women present. And what I started to realize was I was getting messages as well. I questioned it and I doubted it and I diminished it for months and months and months until I didn't want to anymore, until I wanted to see maybe this was a thing I could learn too. I had assumed it was just her gift. But I was receiving um, clear, loving, beautiful, transformational messages. So I went to Sonia Shoket's training. She had at that time, this was some years ago, four levels. And the top, uh, the highest level was teacher training. So I took all of the trainings that she offered. I remember I was, I finished the trainings. I was sitting in a carpool line to pick up my kids from school. And I said to my spirit guides, who I'm always talking with, Where's my next training? Who's my next mentor? Where should I get more, you know, more background into this? And they laughed and they said, Oh, sister, no, no more training right now. Now you have to go and serve the people. You know enough and you are prepared and there is need for this connection. So begrudgingly, because I was scared, not for any other reason, I said, if that's true and you believe I'm ready, then I will take, I will take clients, but please sort through them and send me the ones that are the best match for me. I am not exaggerating when I say within half an hour, I received a voicemail from someone who was referred by my esthetician. And she said to me, I don't really know what you do. I don't know why I'm calling you. except, Except that Kate said, you have to have a session with Stephanie. And so please tell me what you do and I'm in. I would like to schedule.
0: Oh, cute. <laughs> I love you. it. Yes.
1: So this is how quickly things can work when we're willing to show up a little bit more.
0: Right. Let's talk about guides because you talk like there's guides for the parking lot. There's guides for the, you know, and I'm, I have te- two teenage daughters. Two, as yeah, I know you have a son and a daughter. How old are they?
1: I have three teenagers. Oh, you so, have three? Yes, yes.
0: Pray for me. How old are they?
1: They're 14, 17, and 19.
0: Okay. So mine's 14 and 16. And, you know, we talk about, I always am incorporating everything that I know and I've learned from all my guests and all my studies and everything. And I've done that since when they're in my stomach, like when they're in my belly, I would read books. I used to read them the Four Agreements. We would talk about their angels. I was all in because I didn't have them till I was 37 and 40. So I had all that time to learn and know that when I have these kids, I'm going to write us (laughs) the minute they come out, we're all in. So they've grown up with that. When I talk about like we get into the parking lot, and that's why I connected when you're talking about There's certain guides for everything and to ask. I love that because so powerful. And when I teach that to them, and I also teach, I have a class that I created through the last three years called Raising Confidence that teaches kids these tools, because I think that's so powerful to have these. And I can't wait to ask you how you parent. But my point about the guides is I say they have, there's a guide that's going to help you on a test ask that don't stop asking there's a guide that's going to help you with your friends when you're at lunch and you feel alone there's you know so explain to me how you view that
1: exactly the same I love that you are speaking this language with your kids because that's that's exactly what I do too or I'll I'll say to if they have a big exam coming up or some big challenge I'll say I'm I'm sending angels to surround you now Mm -hmm. and, and ask for what you need because they are definitely there to help you. It's a beautiful way to operate in the world when we remember that we are never alone, that we have an entire energetic support network from the most mundane things, from yes, finding the best parking spot at the mall, because that makes our life easier a lot of times, to the most profound, you know, the relationships that we form or the businesses that we create or the big decisions that we make in our lives. We have guidance for all of that. We do not have to think everything through. In fact, that can sometimes be very detrimental to spend so much time in the pro and the con list. And I'm not knocking it because it's helpful but it's helpful in its way and so there's limitations to what it can offer bring intuition in with that and your guidance system and then you have a whole integrated person that can operate in a functional high functional way and balanced so for kids it's so helpful when they know they have that level of support and i've noticed that mine when they're younger they're a lot more open to these things. In fact, I gave each of my kids their own pendulum when they were very young and just said, eh, let's play around with it. Let's swing it. And I remember when my youngest was like five, five or six, he would, yeah, five years old, he'd hold his pendulum and he would say, what's for dinner tonight? <laughs> cute. <laughs> totally cute. Totally fun. Very harmless. Like it's, it's a tool. And I would I don't remember what the pendulum said was for dinner, but I probably tried to make that happen with
0: whatever it
1: did. And it's it's joyful to operate in the multi-dimensional connection because we are multidimensional beings and there is no reason to believe otherwise.
0: Right. Let me hear your take. So I know you've studied like Brian Weiss, Many Lives, Many Masters. I'm sure Dolores Cannon set all those books, right? Did you? Okay. So I'm all into that stuff. I've read, I have every book, I've done everything. And it's really opened lately, like the last three since 2020 and since I started this podcast. It's really like when you see our lives and, you know, how many people have now like have no, all these channels are coming out, all these people that are learning how to open these, you know, have these gifts that's a normal Starbucks conversation, you know, like I'm serious. Like that's how I feel. Like everybody that I have been interviewing, you know, the last year, it's, I mean, for the most part, they have that gift or they've discovered that gift. But will you explain to me like how you view this multi-dimension, like, th- you know, third dimension, five dimensions, whatever. Tell me your take on all that.
1: Well, I think of the three-dimensional experience as what we bring through our five senses, you know, it's the physical world. And then in the fifth dimensional consciousness, that's the oneness consciousness, the pure love, the interaction and interconnection of all loving energy. And so when I channel, I'm channeling from fifth dimensional consciousness. With regards to how many people are honing their gifts right now, the the pandemic gave us an opportunity, a requirement to slow down. And channeling is the kind of thing that you cannot do clearly if you are fast, if you are frenetic, if you are chaotic. And if you do it from that place, I don't want to know what's coming through. (laughs) Chances are you're adding to the chaos of the planet rather than to the peace and the loving exchange. So channeling, I believe doing it, doing it well and with clarity requires you to slow down enormously. You have to be able to match your frequency to the frequency of spirit, which is subtle. It is not the loud, jarring frequency or energy or noise that we have in this three dimensional world with our social media feeds and Discord and all the things of that nature. So I I don't, it's interesting. The people who are, I don't know if that's, it's so much that they're discovering it. Because I, I believe channeling is our birthright. Right. It's just connecting to divine energy. And we are divine energy. I'm not going outside of myself when I channel. I'm going to a very still open place within and receiving. Asking, receiving, perceiving, bringing through, opening to, transmitting what comes through. And in order to place myself into that receptive mode, there is a lot of work that happens in between those moments, and then the rest of my life. I have to have a fantastic and committed radical self-care practice for me to be clear. I have to have meditation in the ways that work for me to utilize that. I have to have my time in nature, my time with my animals, my time with my kids, my closest friends, deep conversations, Journaling, writing is a form of channeling. A lot of people do not know that, but it absolutely is nourishing food, good hydration, plenty of sleep. If you're tired, if you're sleep deprived, chances are your messages are not going to come through so clearly. So just channeling is one thing, but doing so from the highest vibrational loving frequency. That's the goal. I would love everyone to have that goal and to lend themselves to the practice.
0: Of, of that. Right. It's always about living in the moment, you know, being present. And I, we do that here at, in this family. <laughs> I've really made that a huge priority, but you take it to the next level. I was list, reading a blog of yours about, you know, you go eat and you're eating the food and you're not talking and you're savoring. And we you explain that process? Because that's another way of becoming really present and connecting, right? That's another way of connecting.
1: Yes. You're talking about an experience I had recently where I went to a half day silent retreat um, locally. A couple friends put this on. And one of the practices was we sat at a table with other wonderful, beautiful souls and they served us this delicious food. And we were not to talk at all or make eye contact with each other. It's, it's not that you couldn't. If you happen to glance at someone, you could smile, but you couldn't, you couldn't interact verbally with them. And they encouraged you to take as long as possible tasting your food. It was the first time maybe in my life that I took that long at a meal and that I tasted so much and appreciated so much. I could literally taste the love that went into the preparation of the food. We were sitting in the garden where a lot of the food had been harvested, just the connection to the the power and beauty of this planet and her generosity with us. Yeah, I would love to say I carry that practice in my everyday, but I'm not that great at it. I oftentimes eat over my counter <laughs> instead of preparing, you know, myself a nice place at the table. But having those moments and remembering of how it's a gift to be here, to have breath in our bodies, to have bodies that function. Wow, miracles. We are we are walking miracles and there is no limit to what we can experience.
0: You know, I've learned so much about how unlimited, how limitless we are. When I listen to your ways of seeing. So for my thing, like, let's go every time we're out in nature and you're looking at the trees and I'm listening to you think saying, you know, just think what it took. It took an eight, one seed or an acorn to grow this gigantic, beautiful, amazing tree. And so I'm driving down my street coming, listening to you and I'm looking at all the trees and I'm, I've learned late, lately, like, you know, people that I've interviewed and read about, but to like, look at the trees as if we're all one. Explain to me that part, that connection that you have with the trees, with plants. I know that you're like into the gardening and you know that, but what, tell me the messages that you, what are you, when you can communicate like that? I want to hear like how you communicate and what they say to you.
1: (laughs) Hmm. Oh, I love to talk about this. I didn't used to garden. It's only been something in the last couple of years. And honestly, it's been following one of my children's interests because he's very gifted with plants and growing things and understands. Uh Yeah. So I've really been... Trying to be, you know, the responsive parent here. And so we transformed our backyard into what we call a food forest. And we now grow bananas and papayas and coconuts and mangoes and all sorts of herbs and vegetables and whatever we
0: feel like planting. She lives um, in Florida. Everybody. I do. Everything <laughs> like grows here. With coconuts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't have those. They're in our neighborhood, but not in my backyard in particular. But I have always been very connected to trees. I remember as a child waiting outside my childhood home for my ride to take me to school. And there was this tree outside my house and I would stand and wait and talk to it. And I would share with it whatever felt heavy on my heart or what I felt worried about. And in return, I really did receive communication. And the best way I would describe it is reassurance. And a, a stable, grounded, centered, loving presence. And sometimes I would feel an impulse of an idea of some sort or a new way to look at something. And I would consider that the tree's transmission. I learned through reading a book by Dr. Judith Orloff. She wrote a book called The Empath Survival Guide, which I've recommended to a lot of my clients. And for those people who identify as being highly sensitive, like me, maybe like you, it's been a wonderful resource. And in the book, I did not realize this until I read it, but there's such a thing as being a plant empath, meaning that hmm. you feel the state of being of plants. And I felt so liberated learning <laughs> there was a name for this thing because if I see a plant suffering, and by that I just mean dried out, needs water, needs tending mm-hmm. to the soil, needs something, I start to feel in me, in my physicality, in my own being, the the desperate feeling of that. And I uh-huh. will stop everything to go in water that plant. It doesn't matter if it's mine or not. In fact, I was walking my dogs two days ago and a neighbor had thrown away a couple plants, like for the trash, put them out to the curb. And one of these plants was in a pot and it was turned over on its side. And I saw it and I thought, oh no, I cannot leave you there. And the plant said, if I can bring it into words and language, thank goodness. I want to come home with you. So I grabbed it. I repotted it. I tended to it. It's now in my garden as well. And it's a very special connection that we have. Oh. We don't have to um, question whether we are connected to all life. We are connected to all life. And it doesn't mean it's everybody's jam to communicate with trees and receive communication. But if you want to, you can. They are very happy to be in, in connection with us, to be in reciprocity with us. We have got to awaken to the call of the planet and all the life upon her because we have a responsibility that we are not showing up to, and that is being good stewards. That is to make sure that future generations have not just a livable planet, but a thriving planet. And we have a lot of changes to make, but we don't have to take it all on each individual. We just It's like Lynn Twist says, we all have a role to play in the regeneration of the planet. It's not a big role and it's not a small role. It's our role. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's maybe rescuing plants from the trash. It's planting my own garden. It's sitting out there as often as I can and receiving just the miracle of, of the life that exists around there and being open to what nature wants to express to me and through me. And for other people, it might be something different, but let's do it because we have we do have a big job to awaken as humanity
0: right. What do you see in that? We talk about you know the new earth, the great awakening, we're all taking we're moving to the next five d you know all the all the verbiage that people are using these days, and then I even picture the how you even grew your all your started your garden in the backyard like I feel like that's gonna start to catch on. I mean I hear people saying like we're all going to grow our own food and you know the grocery stores are going to be non you know existent but that's for sure not within probably our lifetime but that's where this whole mother earth higher self yeah i do
1: i do channel gaia and she's very loving very encouraging very supportive i mean <laughs> she gives us absolutely everything we need there isn't anything you can look at that doesn't come from the earth. And just recognizing that is rather astonishing. I find that it's such a joy. It's such a delight to come back to a more simple way of being. I am not anywhere close to being able to grow all my own food. In fact, (laughs) just imagining that, I think, wow, it would take so many spinach plants so much kale (laughs) to support our family for what we need. But the farmers are growing it and I can go to the farmer's markets and the nurseries and the, the places where we can buy more locally. And I do envision that earth. I really do. I can see us coming back to sharing our bounty with one another. What I'm growing that a neighbor isn't, I love to share. I will text my neighbors and say, do you want any bananas? I have so many. And just drop them off at their doors. It's delightful to share food like that, to share anything like that, really. And I have friends that grow certain things and they'll make delicious items and drop those off to me. So that's a, I think that's a wonderful way to live. And I, and the pandemic, again, another gift of it was people did start gardening. They started growing things. It got lonely for them inside their walls. So they went outside and figured out, wow, there's miracles happening here and I can plant a seed and tend to it and it will delight me with its
0: growth. Right, yes. You know, another thing that going back to the parenting and that you're the mom, you're a mom and you have your kids that are similar age. I was thinking when I was listening to you talking about, you know, parents coming to you to communicate and understand what's going on with their children's higher self. That right there, sold. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like I know my girls so well and we, you know, we have the most amazing relationships and, you know, I feel like I know what's going on in their little minds. And I look at the two differently and they're both two different souls. So when I was listening to you and I thought, gosh, if she could tell me, like, I see one holds her feelings in, right? Right. And the other one's very, you know, expressive. Nothing. I know everything about her. I mean, it's like almost to the complete opposite. Tell me that when parents come to you, because what a gift that is. Because I'm working with teenagers all the time. That's those are my main clients. If you, want, you know, so and I feel like I can pull out of them because I I feel like I can see things, and I'm like, okay, I, I get it. But when you take it to that level where these parents are coming and saying, I need to figure out what's going on with my child, how does that work?
1: Oh my gosh, it's incredible. It's really incredible. It's, it's like cutting away all the layers of personality and pressures and beliefs and limitations and going right to the essence. That's exactly what it is. It's the essential being of your child and hearing what do they really need from you? Because they don't always know in a way that's that they can articulate, but their soul does. Their soul knows exactly why they're here, why they chose you. Because I do believe on some level, we do choose our families. That can be a good thing for some people. And some people might feel like, well, why did I choose? You know, what a strange choice I made. But it's through our relationships that we grow. And some souls are here to grow big time. And others are here more in a a place of relaxation and to enjoy and then everywhere in between. So a lot of the types of questions that parents will ask me to channel for them. And it can be anything from a young child who's having a hard time sleeping or all of a sudden is seeming to have some disturbing dreams or nightmares or something. I have channeled for those parents and brought that soul forward and they've explained what will help them. In the home and with the responses of their parents to move through that. Then there's, there are adult children that I have channeled. So for sometimes parents have adult children that are struggling maybe with addiction or maybe with some other real difficulties and the parent will say, I. I know I have to let them be and be independent and figure out their path. But what do they need from me and how can I support them? And why is it so hard or so painful right now? So we channel that. And it's not just the child's soul that I can channel. I can also channel the soul of the, of the parent. And that's very useful. It's kind of. Coming at it from both important angles. What is my child's soul need? And how am I playing into this? And what, what can I contribute? And what did I agree as a soul to offer that I may or may not be delivering on right now? You know, as parents, we have a lot on us. We have enormous responsibilities. We, if you're attuned to your child, if you are alert, paying attention involved, then there's lots of things that are constantly spinning around your mind and your heart about worries, about opportunities you want them to have, what your role is for different things to give them access, when you're supposed to step back, when you're supposed to step in. We can question so many different things. So when we go to the soul, we cut away all the noise and we go to what's most important and always it's love and always it's on some level trust trust that your child, that their journey as hard or painful as it looks right now is serving them. And what can, what can you do to contribute to their continued growth, their expansion, their self-trust, their ability to self-love and have self-compassion?
0: Give me an example of something like, what would be some, I'm sure they're all different, but a typical child's soul t- telling their mom they're going through, that they're depressed mm-hmm. or what would that be? What would that do? What does that look like? I think that's what, like when I said, yeah. I need to know what this looks like because I, as a mom, and if I was sitting with you, do I need my daughter to see, be sitting here with me?
1: No, no. Okay. In fact,
0: I would advise
1: not it's because then there's a dynamic of energy between you and your daughter that doesn't need to be in the space. And you may not feel as free to ask exactly what you need to ask or share what you need to share if, Her ears are listening so that when I do the sessions, it's just with the parents usually or the parent. And let's say I'm just thinking of some of the things that come through. There could be a child, a teenager who's struggling with an eating disorder. And that, of course, has a there are so many roots to eating disorders, different causes, et cetera. But So there's the clinical component, which I am not addressing at all. There's nothing that I'm doing therapeutically or clinically, and I make that very clear. But from the spiritual component, that soul is looking for and needing something from their parents, and that soul is able to articulate it. It might be that they need more involvement from their parents, but for it to look a different way. Oftentimes, the parent doesn't realize that their own energy, anxious energy, is contributing to their child's insecurity. Sometimes we don't even know that we're carrying anxious energy because we're oftentimes in a survival mentality if we are having a child who has that level of struggle. So it's guidance for when to lean in, when to give space. The soul will ask for that, be specific about that give a little bit more information. You know, I believe that our souls come here many, 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 many times to this plane of existence for the purpose of learning how to unconditionally love and to grow. And so this that child's soul might give the parent some insight as to what their past journeys have been like that have contributed to or influenced this particular one. That can be enormously helpful to know what your child already brought in with them in this right. dynamic and what you did as well and once we know better we can do better we can show up better and more fully so there can be things like that i've had a client whose whose son was incarcerated through a series of just choices that were made as a result of addiction and she told me this was years ago so i don't remember exactly what he said, when the messages come through that I'm channeling, oftentimes I don't remember them. They come through quickly and there's a layer layering to them, meaning that every time I listen or the client listens to the recording, we hear something more and something different. So I don't remember what he said at the time, but she told me this completely changed our relationship. Even though he is still physically separated from me and I cannot interact with him, We are closer than we have ever been. I understand things on a level that has let me release what I was holding on to that wasn't serving. And I feel like that's kind of the gift and the beauty and the magic of channeling is it lets us release stuff that just isn't for us. It probably never was and get really clear on what what will benefit now. How can we reorient ourselves and show up differently? Because we're, Most of the time we're willing to, we just don't
0: know how. Right. I think that part, even just that story, and I I can have, I have flashes of people that I've met that struggle with their, you know, 30 year olds and, you know, they don't have the relationships and say, gosh, Ashley, if, if I knew and could have raised my kids now all the things that I would have done differently and now our relationship, but you can go into their souls and you can talk to that child and say this is what he wants you to do
1: this is what he needs from you right now this is what he needs from you yeah and I you know I'm just going to tweak the language a little bit I am not going into anyone's anything I am if they choose I am inviting them to share in a way that I can understand because if I can't understand it myself I can't make it functional or connected for my client. But in a way that I can understand, so through words that I know, through images, that make some sense to me. And it does. It comes through clearly by request in that manner. And so sometimes it's specific stuff in terms of how much time they need from the parent. One of the messages I'm remembering right now was something about, it had to do with specifics with regards to a nighttime routine that that child needed from their parent, and so, and, and they laid it out in terms of a one, two, three, four, five list of these are the components that I want to receive from you as I get ready to go off to sleep. And it's not what we would think of just reading a bedtime story or, you know, sitting for a few minutes and saying, share your day with me. It was, it was specific to what that parent could do for that child and that's the beauty at least in the way that I've learned to channel and the way that I practice channeling is I I I am a big fan of specificity. I I would like and and things do come through in lists and organized, you know, fashion so that we can we can utilize it and put it to work immediately.
0: Is there any kind of thing as we wrap this up? That you could teach us an, a little tool that we could take away from you to connect to yeah. our higher self or to our soul.
1: Yeah, let's let's go back to the heart, as we talked about in the beginning. And I'm pulling this practice from Heart Math Institute. Um, you can Google that. It is a phenomenal institute with amazing researchers and scientists who have astonishing things to share about your heart. And how powerful it is. But there is a quick coherence technique that we can use where we really close our eyes, connect to our breath. And as we breathe, connect to your heart. So for some people, that would be placing a hand over their heart. For me, it's imagining breathing in through the front of my heart and breathing out. The back of my heart. Just imagining that and aligning your breathing in an easy way. And now, as you're breathing like that and your eyes are closed, picture a place, a person, a pet, a being, something or someone that you adore. You love. You love to be with them, around them, at that location. Place yourself there. Let your imagination conjure all of the beautiful, loving, warm, affectionate feelings that you have for this person, place, pet, or being. Let your heart expand into that image, into that feeling. Just staying with your breath and with the love that that brings you. And when you're ready, you can open your eyes. What that has just done, and we did, I don't know, it's probably less than two minutes, really, is we've just brought our our heart and our brain into closer coherence with each other, meaning the waves that they each carry, the signals got closer to one another. It's a being in a coherent state is what we want. It's what humanity needs for us to awaken, for us to achieve our potential, for us to repair our relationships, regenerate this beautiful planet. So you can do this in a few minutes and there is a beautiful, perfect description on the HeartMath Institute website. And by practicing this every day for just a few minutes, you can change a lot. You can change the way you feel in your body. You can change the way you relate to other people. You can change your stress level. You can have more mental clarity. There are so many benefits to it.
0: Mm. I love it. Love, 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 and love. Oh, that was so fun. Thank you. How can we get a hold of Stephanie Banks?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Soul, soulinsight.com is my website.
0: Okay, and you offer sessions. You um You do one-on-one sessions?
1: Yes, I will channel privately. I also love to teach people how to channel. That is a big reason my soul is here. The techniques that I use, the strategies that I use, I share with the people who sign up for my classes because I really do envision a world in which we're all connected to our spirit and operating from that place. And that's a place of joy. So my classes are filled with fun and joy and dancing and some silliness, lots of lightheartedness and very sound practices and techniques that I know have worked for me. So I trust they will work for others. In fact, I have a free pendulum class coming up soon. If you have a pendulum, if you've always wondered what they're for, if you want to buy one, you can join us for this class and we'll learn how to use them and how to get some guidance from working with a pendulum.
0: You know, what just came into my mind was you are light and you're fun and you stress the, the having fun and finding joy and, you know, being silly and who cares, like whatever it takes to get to that high frequency or vibration. And, you know, and I love that. And I like turn on a song and, you know, especially as a mom, right. To raise a vibration in your house. And I'm always, that's my, one of my main things is like, they never wake up with any the vibrations so high because I've done all my work. Right. But before you learned that, even before your mom was struggling, were you, have you always been that light and fun and understood the the power of joy and love? Or did that just escalate since you have found this of what the, you know, what drives the gift of our life? Yeah.
1: Well, you know, I, I feel like the joyful state is my natural state. And, however, Growing up, it wasn't always my state. You know, I had struggles. My mom struggled with mental illness. And so that's hard on children and family members. So it wasn't something I was keenly aware of as I am now as an adult. But our our joyful state, again, that's our birthright too. And it will always wait for us. If we can't or don't access it for certain phases of our lives, it's okay. It is there. It's not going anywhere. You can reactivate it anytime you want. And now that I have found it, I am fully all about it and engaging it to the highest way. I love that you are attending to that in your home environment with for your kids because we never know what memories they're making and when. Mm -hmm. And I take that on sometimes a little too seriously. Yeah. But if they take just a tool or two with them, like you said, for your home, it's certain music maybe that they'll play to recalibrate the frequency. Sometimes I will use a diffuser with essential oils that just brighten the mood. Sometimes it's insisting that we go out and look at the moon. And even though
0: they're rolling their eyes and think this is dumb, I don't care. You're going to look at the moon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're saying that because... My girls are like, what are we doing now, mom? <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: They're, these are tools that at some point we won't know necessarily, but they can access anytime. time. And they'll right. find themselves in, in struggle and in challenge and in difficulty because that's what it is to be human. And then if they have things that have worked that you've thrown out there, as crazy as they've sounded, then they can pull
0: that out of their back pocket and give it a go. Right. Yeah, I love that. You know, we do, we've done gratitude journals from since they could write, right? We we have a whole library full of gratitude journals that they'll they'll look back when they're older and say, Mom, look what you made me do. (laughs) And I look at how I drew or, you know, because they used to only draw pictures of what they were grateful for because they couldn't write. But yeah, I just I have such a passion for when I see these kids these days. And I think that's part of, I'm sure if we did a past life, I've done past lives, but that I've always been in kids have all, it's always been an interest to me. But, you know, when I think the the time that we live in now and these teenagers and what they're, you know, surrounded by this, you know, the pressures of everything, it's such a different life than when we were kids. And we don't know the repercussions of the phones and the, TikToks and the, it's all that stuff. We don't know. Cause it's still new to us. I mean, I had paid, you know, same thing. Like I didn't have a phone to take a picture in the hospital when she was, she's, you know, 16. So, when she's like, why don't you have anything on my phone or on your phone? And you have some of my sister, I'm like, cause we didn't have them that made the, you know, I had the flip phone, but you know, there's so much it's gone so fast, you know, and the And I just see these kids getting lost. And when they don't go out and look at the moon (laughs) or, you know, spend time figuring out what they're grateful for or looking at their, their vibration and, and, you know, how they're showing up and what comes to you when you are at that vibration, is it coming to you because you're at a high vibration and all the goods coming? Well, that's because it's you. And then when you, we always go to school, are you at a high or a low? Because if you're at a low, it's going to take a lot longer to get to that high. And you're not going to want to attract that low vibrational things, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I just, is that how you are parenting? I mean, you, I'm sure you do. I think you're doing a hell of a great job. <laughs> and as I'm listening to you, I'm getting more
1: ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so, you know, its I like to think that I'm uh, showing up as fully as I can in, in the moments. And the presence of mind and heart that I have is based on my, whether or not I'm practicing my self-care. So it's, it's different things at different times. And it always, it's easy to feel like it's not enough. Like, you know, I, I think that often I should be doing this more. I should be doing that more. There are times when it's just, close their doors and they want to be left alone. And then that feels sometimes like a nail biter to me, like, Oh no, I'm losing my connection. You know, but that's, that's the mind getting really, really focused on scarcity and fear. And the very next moment I arrive at the door with a plate full of food. And that is always an easy invitation to come in and (laughs) (laughs) exchange a few words, um, being silly. We, we, in my house, we love to leave notes for each other. Um, My daughter and I specifically, she, I just went traveling last month. I'm taking a a training and she hid a note in my suitcase and it was an inspirational, I love you. I'm so proud of you. You're following your dreams kind of note that my daughter wrote to me and I leave similar notes for her. So that That's an act of, you know, love and joy and sharing that we can easily do. But yeah, whatever we can do,
0: celebrate it and keep going. Right. And, you know, when you are saying it's, you know, sometimes you think too much about their childhood or like, okay when you're you're almost done, the childhood's almost over. What are you going to tell about it? Like, are you going to share? Was it amazing? (laughs) You know, I mean, we all have only one, this one childhood. And when you're a mom and you are in the middle of it at the beginning and then you think, oh, this is, you know, you're in the thick of everything. And then you start to see the light at the end of the tunnel where we're at now. And I'm just like, every minute, like, I know she's going to start driving next month. And I'm like, I get in the car with her and I'm just going, okay, have we talked enough? (laughs) Because I know these days are being numbered. You know, I I just cherish that time because I know it's, I mean, we're at the place where the numbers are really low.
1: And we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves as moms and as parents. So we can ease up and maximize the time we have. Yeah, I totally agree
0: yeah okay I could keep going sorry anyway (laughs) loved meeting you Loved talking to you thank you so much for uncovering your magic and sharing everything was beautiful thank you for listening to the uncover your magic podcast today if you are inspired by what you heard today please share it with a friend and if you haven't already please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.